The whole project started on a whim, as just another lawyer blog, but it had a twist. It was in comic book format. And then I started getting like emails from people saying, when's the book coming out? And like law professors and law students wanting it to be a book. And next thing I knew, it was a book. I'm ABA Journal podcast editor Lee Rawls, and today we're going to hear about that book from author and illustrator Nathaniel Burney. So Nathaniel, how did you come to write the Illustrated Guide to Criminal Law? Well, you know, it was uh, almost an accident. Uh, I had this blog called The Criminal Lawyer, and on that, I was writing posts from time to time trying to you know, defuse all these sort of silly urban myths and urban legends out there about criminal law, like, you know, an undercover has to tell you he's a cop or else it's entrapment and other kinds of things like that, which aren't true, but they're really commonly believed. Um, but then I figured, you know, my wordy blog aimed at lawyers is probably not the best place to do that. So I and they I'd, probably already know that that's not entrapment. I would hope. <laughs> so I started drawing some really poorly drawn doodles to help uh, explain the concept in pictures a little bit um, and put it up on a Tumblr, which I thought would get a little more, um, at least be easier to find than some law blog. But I didn't really expect anybody was going to be looking at it. Uh, it was really just a casual thing, more for my own enjoyment than anything else. Uh, and I was really surprised when people were reading it uh, pretty soon. I, I was hearing from a lot of people that they were reading it. And then I started getting, like, emails from people saying, when's the book coming out? And, like, law professors and law students wanting it to be a book. And next thing I knew, it was a book. Wow. So did you have to brush up on your drawing skills? Oh, yeah. You, you can see, if you look through the book, go from the beginning towards the end. I don't know if it got better, but I got more consistent. Uh, and I've, I've been practicing since then, because I'm working on the second book now on Grim Procedure. And I'm really trying to keep the artwork at least consistent, if not good. So is this kind of law school by comics? Kind of. I, w I wouldn't call this a, a replacement for a law school course. It covers all the same subjects. It covers everything that you would probably encounter in a first-year law school course. But I would go out of my way not to cite cases, not to cite statutes or anything like that, because uh, they're really not necessary to understand the concepts, and sometimes they get in the way. And also, it frees me up to write my own hypothetical situations to explain the law as I see fit. Now, you have a huge range of hypothetical situations. How did you come up with all of them? You know, they pretty much write themselves. Uh, it, and they're not based on any of my own cases, for sure. Um, if, and most of them are not based on any real case at all. They're just facts that seem to fit the legal point that's trying to be made. Uh, there's one section on overcriminalization where I uh, loosely based a couple examples on recent cases that have happened, uh, but for the most part, just off the top of my head. Can you give us an example? Oh, sure. There, there is uh, one where I have a guy who I've got making turtle soup. He has a turtle soup factory, and uh, unbeknownst to him, he's some of his turtles are coming from New York, which not long ago. Uh, the school children in New York voted the snapping turtle to be the uh, state animal and so it's protected. He didn't know that. He didn't know they're coming from New York, and, but he got in trouble anyway. Uh, and I, that's loosely based on a very similar circumstance that happened to a guy in Maryland. What demographic are you trying to reach with this book? Well, when I started out, I was thinking I was aiming mostly at high school age 
maybe young adult, most, mostly in that area. Uh, I wasn't really focusing on law students or uh, that kind of demographic, but as I went along and I started realizing that that's the people who are actually reading this, I did start tailoring it more towards uh, students, college students uh, and law students, but also keeping the, the high school uh, reader in mind because that's who the, it was originally for. What in your background helped you write this book? Well, I mean, I've been practicing law now for a number of years, uh, started off back when I was at, at law school uh, in the wonderful clinical program we had there at Georgetown. Uh, uh, we got to actually defend juveniles and you know, get your hands dirty uh, right away and learn the system while you're in school. And after that, I was a prosecutor at the Manhattan DA's office for almost 10 years, first in the Special Narcotics Office and then with the Rackets Bureau. And uh, then I left there in '06, and I've been defending ever since. So a lot of it's from my own personal experience and uh, exposure to various things and practicing in different courts around the country. But uh, as for the drawing, I mean, that's just – I did a, do a really, really awful uh, comic strip for my newspaper and, and undergrad, but it was really bad. I'm not sure <laughs> if that helped or not. If we look through the archives, could we still find it? Oh, yeah. It's, it, the Kevlar Daily is on Google. I really don't recommend anybody go look at them. They're embarrassingly bad. Now, one of the interesting things I found was that uh, each scenario has kind of a different genre to it. Like there's a Western, there's a noir. Was that difficult to arrange, or did it sort of slide into place? It, it sort of fit. Each one seemed just to fit to me in my mind the the topic that was being discussed. Like duress, that's with a, a biker gang, you know, forcing people to do things for them. Uh, the, the cowboy one, the Old West one, that was self-defense, uh, just seemed to fit that kind of uh, scenario. Um, and so each one, it, it wasn't too difficult a decision to figure out which genre, I guess, the uh, the chapter should be written in. So this is a series, right? How many books will there be, and what are they on? Well, um, I've been talking with my publisher about that, and it sounds like we want to do a series covering at least the core courses uh, that you would get in a first-year law school, you know, time and interest permitting. Uh, I'd really look forward to doing uh, constitutional law and, you know, torts. Those things would be fun. Is there a reason why you did criminal law first? No, it's what I do. It's, it's what I write about. Uh, it's my, my practice mostly is. It was, it was easy. How can we get a look at your next book? Well, uh, it's an ongoing webcomic. If you go to lawcomic.net, that's where they're being posted. Okay. Well, if anyone wants to see an example of your work, they can go to this podcast online, and you can find all our books podcasts at http www.abajournal.com slash books. Thank you for listening. This has been the ABA Journal Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by the ABA Journal. For more podcasts on the legal issues of the day, visit us online at abajournal.com or subscribe for free to the ABA Journal Podcast on iTunes.